Hello and welcome to a special episode of Don't Filter Feelings. I'm Lauren Layfield and on this podcast we have conversations about the issues of the matter with people who have stories to share. And right now we are talking about male mental illness and it's with Ashley Taylor Dawson and Josh Connolly. Hello, you guys. Now, this is really weird. Usually we would be recording this at the Hollyoaks studios, but because of the spread of coronavirus, we're doing it from home. Um, Ashley, we'll start with you. How are you getting on? Um, Well, it's absolutely crazy, but as long as everyone looks after each other and keeps a distance, hopefully we can get through this together. How's the homeschooling going? I'm enjoying the challenge. And, you know, someone said it's either going through a portal or going into a hole, and that's how you got to attack it really you've got to make it make it something make it an experience instead of just um wallowing in the misery of what it could be (laughs) i mean i am so glad that i don't have children because my maths is terrible is there any is there any subjects that you were just abysmal at well it must i must admit as as a dad you sort of try and you know you know you you, you're the all-knowing father aren't you so when it comes to doing the homework you're like oh and your kid who's nine is better at times tables than you and quicker because they have these games now don't they and they're like little robots. I'm like, wow, he's amazing. But yeah, of course I knew that. Love it. Josh, you've got kids as well, haven't you? I have, yes. Yeah, yeah. How's it going? It's all right. I'm a bit a, a bit like Ashley has said, you know, it, uh, as serious as it all is, uh, with sort of the all the negative stuff that comes with this, I'm kind of really enjoying having to be creative with the kids. And I really do think it has regrounded us and helped us all to do a little bit of a a reset you know a bit like when you've been on the laptop too long and you think I need to shut this down and restart it I think everybody's getting an opportunity to do that and 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 I think that's a positive thing that's coming from this you know certainly I feel like it is anyway I totally agree I've been living sort of like 100 miles an hour for like the past five years working in television and radio it's been go 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 and suddenly it's like oh you just spend some time chilling out thinking about stuff having time to just breathe a little bit yeah and you know like uh we used to say that the obvious answer that everyone gives when you ask how you are is i'm okay when actually it had switched in life and the obvious the answer that everyone gave when you asked how they were was busy everyone would say i'm busy right how you doing i'm oh, really busy rushed off my feet and actually now everybody's had to just slow down and come back and remember the things that are important. It's really interesting that you say that about that question about how are you feeling. It's one of the first questions that we ask on this podcast every time. We like to find out how our guests are feeling. And you're absolutely right that I'm busy became like a badge of honour for people. If you were busy, you were being successful. So my question for you this morning, um, Josh, is how are you feeling today? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling calm um, and relaxed. And as somebody who often has quite high levels of, of anxiety, I kind of feel like everybody else's levels have evened out towards mine as well. So I feel quite comfortable in in this space, as strange as that sounds. So that's kind of where my headspace is at now, yeah. Um, Ashley, how about you? How are you feeling today? Yeah, I reiterate that. Um, The fact that you don't have to put a face on. So it's enlightening, I think, for everyone to decide who they are again. It's really interesting. I think some people are going to embrace having that time to sort of lock into what is important to them and also I think there's a lot of people who are coming out and saying I'm actually struggling with it because often our work and our busyness is is a big distraction in life um which kind of leads me on to our discussion today which is about mental health in particular um male mental health um can you tell us a little bit first of all Ashley about the storyline that Darren is currently going uh through on Hollyoaks 
Yeah, Darren has been through a very tough time. He just wasn't feeling anything. Um, he wasn't enjoying anything. I mean, even his kids, he completely switched off and become numb to the world around him. And he doesn't know what to do. And he doesn't know who to turn to. And probably as a, um, a typical guy, he's too proud to admit it maybe to himself yet. It's a really um, important one to be covering. I think we, we, we've seen a lot about mental health in lots of soaps and storylines and stuff, but locking into um, the male aspect of it and why so many men struggle with it is, is, is a really good thing. Um, and I understand it's something that you've got personal connection to. Is that right, Ashley? Yeah, I had, um, I had a tough upbringing, um, but it's more something I've... I've realized growing older how much you put things away and obviously taking on this role you have to be psychologically assessed when you're doing a depression storyline now is that right i didn't know that yeah so i get on the phone and the lady's there and she's asking me a few questions i was like listen i'm I'm all right you know i'm all right i'm all right but the whole point of this storyline is to help people and to get people to communicate whether that be talking whether that just be opening up to someone or you know, communicating with themselves even. It's such an important storyline. Um, Josh, tell us what you do. I work as a, as a resilience coach. Um, so I work with individuals and organisations um, promoting what I call a new idea to emotional resilience. I had the belief that resilience was the ability to just keep going no matter what. That I had to keep showing up and that meant pushing down and burying all of my feelings and eventually I reached a breaking point. And I think particularly as a man and men, we have this belief that we're supposed to just keep showing up, that we're supposed to keep going. And in order to do that, we have to bury our emotions. And if I don't find ways to feel and deal with and process my emotions, then my body will find a way to do that for me, be it addiction, be it anxiety, uh, be it some kind of physical struggle, headaches or tension in my back, all of these kind of things. So what we need to do more of, rather than tell people to talk, to talk, to talk, let's start creating spaces where people might feel heard because then people will talk and they do talk. The moment you create that space, you can't shut people up. That's the reality. Um, so so it has to be more a more of a focus on not why aren't people talking, but why aren't we creating the space where people feel like they can talk? We did a um, podcast with um, a lady called Angela Smarter and her um, husband had taken his own life. And she said exactly the same because she now does a lot of talking with other people. She says, if I get a man in front of me, if they're there, they will talk to me. And they're not sitting there with their arms crossed, ignoring and going, I don't want any part of this. If I give them that space, they will talk. But there's just this problem now with getting men into those spaces and providing those spaces. And what frustrates me about when I listen to you is the way you explain it. And I'm sure Ashley felt the same. The way you explain it makes so much sense. It's so much common sense. It's it's so practical and it's just so frustrating that we don't have more people feeling like they can take up that very solid and practical advice. It removes all that kind of emotion from it. It says, this is how we practically overcome these issues that we're having. But there's still this massive block, isn't there, for men at the moment? Yeah, and I think that comes a lot. uh, I think a lot of it stems back from the way that we are conditioned when we're younger. Now, I believe that 
when when we're young, we have two innate needs. The, the, the first one is we need to be connected to our, our parents or our caregivers, right? If you think from an evolutionary point of view, that's how we survive, right? When we're little, we need that connection to the people that care for us. But the second thing that we need is authenticity. Now, when I say authenticity, what I'm saying is in very simple terms is understanding what I'm feeling, understanding what I need as a result of what I'm feeling, and then being able to communicate that within my activities and my relationships. Now, the problem with authenticity and, and the need for attachment is if when we're younger, we feel like that attachment to our parents or caregivers will be threatened by our authenticity, then it's our authenticity that will lose out every time. Simply put, as a child, if I think that being myself is not going to get me the love of my parents, then I won't be myself. And then when you chuck in a slightly chaotic environment into that and you chuck in parents that emotionally can't be available for their children for, for whatever reason, you start to create a person who feels like being their self is the wrong thing to do all of the time. I grew up as somebody who was extremely good at being there for other people. I lived in an environment when I was younger where I felt I needed to be there for other people. And so as a teenager, people would come to me with their problems and say, I wish I could be more like you. And I'm there thinking, if only you knew. If only you knew what I was like, you'd want to be as far away from me as you possibly could. And that's about becoming shame-based. And that's about a fear of myself. And, and once you get down that road of hiding who you really are, you, what I did is I became this very macho man's man person because I thought all of those things made me a man. Once I became that, it became very, very difficult. I remember all the time people would ask me, how you doing, Josh, right? And I would desperately, there'd be a part of me screaming, tell them, just tell them. And I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. Such was the shame I felt about the ways that I felt. Uh, and, you know, like the, 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 I think the strongest thing that I do in my life today is regularly um, come out. And when I say come out, I mean regularly say, hang on a minute. I know I've been acting and saying this, but right now, this is my true feeling, right? When I do that, that's when I find my strength. The massive contradiction of that is that we've created a society that tells me the moment that I reach out and do that is a weakness. And that's the problem, right? And imagine, imagine we started to find a place where counsellors and therapists were like having a personal trainer. If I said to you, I've got a personal trainer, you'd say, cool, I'm, that's a really good idea, actually. Is it any good? I might get one. If I say I've just started with a therapist, you go, well, what's wrong? Are we okay? Do, do I need to? Do, yeah. So the moment you start to share your truth, what you'll find is most people around you will start to share theirs too. I think um, the one difference that I experience with um, my female friends and my male friends is um, I've talked to both groups of them about mental illness and the girls have got to a place where they're very happy to say, how they are feeling. Do you know what I mean? They'll be saying, I'm really sad tonight or whatever it is. The boys don't tend to kind of give us that level of detail. What's your kind of experience with that? Well, it, it is when you, when you speak to men, it's because they feel like they're not supposed to feel how they feel, right? Because we believe that we're supposed to be all right, yeah? Busy is one of the things that we use. And particularly, look, I think a lot of men have a difficulty in just being. We have a difficulty in being present, right? Um, just being still, right? So we don't know what we're allowed and supposed to say when we're feeling emotions, right? And so 
there's still this stigma attached to feeling sad. And I think a big fear also is if I tell you I'm feeling sad, you'll start trying to make me feel better. And sometimes I don't want that. I want to say I'm feeling sad. And then somebody say, oh, cool. well, how does that feel for you? Well, it feels like this. Okay, well, I'm with you. Is a lot different to, I oh, don't feel sad. You're all right. Oh, come on. Because that makes me, that's a real like turn off for me. That's like a, that frightens me. I don't want that. I don't want, and I still don't want that from people. What I want is people to hold space for me. I want people to, to, to step into my darkness and sit for a while, not to fix me, not to change me, not to stand at the door in their light room, taunting me and mocking me with how light it is where they are. I want them to come in, sit next to me and let me know that it's okay. Right. And there's a huge difference to that. Once people do that, I'll get up and walk to the light myself because I'm supported where I'm at. I'm not being dragged. And I think that, you know, uh, so much of the reason why men don't talk in the way that they feel they need to is because the response that we often give as men is, come on, mate, you're all right. And we don't want to hear that. In terms of your experiences with obviously you deal with now a lot of, of like clients and, and people who come to you advice sort of in a professional capacity Josh but in terms of like your lad mates what's your vibe with your with your lad mates do you see the same kind of struggles yeah yeah but but what I also see is that we we mustn't demonize lad culture either by the way I've still I play football I play football regularly on a Saturday and I don't turn up at the changing rooms and say, come on, lad, let's all share our feelings. I turn up, I give the banter and I be a lad, right? In that space where it's needed. And it helps me. It helps me to escape my seriousness and all that deep stuff for a while. So that, that lad side of it is needed. But because of how I am particularly online, the lads that I know, know they can drop me a line because I've made myself very much available, right? Not just a a quote on Instagram every couple of weeks, right? But all my pals know that I am there should they want to come and see me, right? Because I make myself available. Ashley, what about you and your your mates? Have you seen any of this within your friends at all? Well, I, I'm I'm one of the worst for it because I've got a very dark sense of humour and I'm a, I'm a full-on laddish kind of guy. My banter is right there. And like Josh said, I'm so glad he picked up on it. And it isn't about that. But at the same time... Even with my, you know, closest friends or even people that aren't that close, they feel. I think you give off a vibe, don't you? And I think again, it's the, it's it's about picking up on people. Give you clues. People people are telling you they want help or they want to talk about something, and it's whether you choose to pick up on it. So, like Josh said, it's about just trying to get them to speak and feel comfortable. And you always know if 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 you've you know even helped them in any way if they come back to you and ask you again about it. You know, if you bring it up again, do they open up? Do they start talking? And and I think it is all about that. And like you said before, you know, when you do actually give someone the space, they do want to talk. But it's, mm. it's having the comfort, you know, feeling comfortable, feeling confident with the person you're with to think, no, I can go there. And if, if they throw out a little bit of a line, then take the line and, you know, see how far you can pull them because it's not a bad thing. And um, Josh, what do you say about sort of the listening element of it all that seems to be just as important as talking about it there's this big campaign to talk about our feelings but do you think we need to direct a little bit more awareness and how we can be better listeners i think we need to direct it all to, to listening by the way um one talking's not always the right thing to do and by telling everybody that you should talk we actually start to shame people that aren't in that place yet 
there's some days where I don't want to talk and I have good reason that I don't want to talk and staying at home and not talking is the right thing for me to do. So to consistently just say you should talk because we don't know what else to say, I think it's a problem. But listening is different. Now, I think the real reason that we find it hard to listen is because we often feel ill-equipped to do it. We start to worry. If somebody starts to tell me something and I think I don't know the solution, I don't know what to tell you, we start to panic. And when we start to panic, that's why we often go to this, oh, you'll be all right, you'll be fine. Because what we're really doing subconsciously is shutting the conversation down because we're frightened. There's actually real freedom when you start to realize that there is nothing I can do to fix your situation. There's no, if you tell me you're struggling, right, there is nothing I can do to fix that for you. But I'm here, right? And actually, even when you tell me some certain stuff, I get a little bit scared too. But I'm here. Yeah? If you were lost and somebody turned up, you'd want them to stay with you even if they were lost too, right? Just because they didn't know how to get you back. So we have to come better, become better at being slightly uncomfortable with what people are telling us. And on the flip side of that, we have to not over-medicalize this conversation. We have to make sure that we don't start telling everyone, oh, if somebody's going a little bit too far one way, then you're not, you're not, you know, equipped to deal with that. It's not true, right? We can signpost people and then we can sit with them and be there for them, right? Always start at a place of thinking, it doesn't matter if I can't fix you. Because actually that's true all the time. I can't fix you. But I can be here while you try to, to do what's needed in order to, to fix yourself, right? And there's a big difference in that. And that's where and how we can really start to become better listeners. When we do that, when we become better listeners, the talkers will come. Um, and I do think f- f- from a male perspective, there's a cycle to be broken here as well, right? You go back through the generation after generation. Fathers have taught their sons that, you know, you're the tough guy. You need to be the man. You need to do this. You And we've consistently always been taught that. Um, and that, you know, it's funny how we'd always say as men, I don't want to fuss. Right. I don't want because we're not we're not used to that. What we're used to is when we show emotion when we're children is people trying to suppress it. Say, come on, you'll be all right. Come on, be brave, be brave, be brave. Right. So we're, we're, we're taught to. We're taught that when we show our emotions, it's wrong and it's a fuss. So, of course, it it creates that feeling in us when we're older. And we need to work hard to break that cycle so that it doesn't happen. Because there's nothing wrong with, with, with showing emotion, right? In fact, there's everything right with showing emotion. Crying is the same as laughter. I laugh when somebody makes me laugh, right? It's, it's an uncontrollable thing that happens as a result of an overflow of emotion. Crying is exactly the same. There's nothing wrong with it. What's wrong is that we feel shame when we do it. And it's that shame that we need to sort out. Once we do, we do that by conversations like this, by the way, that that allow people to normalize it and understand that we're all human beings and we live on a scale of emotions and we're allowed to feel a range of them. Um, and, And good mental health, good prosperous mental health is the ability to feel a range of emotions without feeling any shame for them. How do you think uh things are going to play out over the next few years obviously we are now seeing more topics being covered um in in soaps and in podcasts and on our televisions in advert breaks about men's mental health um do we think it's going to get better i think it will get better i i I sometimes worry that we'll polarize it too um too far one way um this is why i've talked very much about uh you know ashley talked about a dark sense of humor right a dark sense of humor 
It's very much needed in certain situations. Anybody that's been through real struggle or experienced real struggle in their life will know the importance of that dark humour as a way of completely dispersing all those feelings and dealing with them, right? Um, We don't want to demonise lad culture. We don't want to demonise any of the things that men are doing that don't hurt anybody, right? We need to make sure that we can just validate both ends of this. If you're feeling sad and you and you want to struggle and you need to struggle and you need people around you, that's great. If you're not in that space uh, and and you're going out on the weekends and you're and you're having loads of fun, that's great too, right? We need to make space for all of them. And there's a good analogy that I always use in, in terms of boxing, right? Whenever a, a, a boxer wins a fight, right, it normally comes after having to somewhere within that fight they've had to take a couple of rounds off. Right now, we might see the big knockout as the moment that they win the fight, but actually, it was probably the round before where they got shook and they ran away for a round until their legs came back that won them the fight. Right? It wasn't that they were being weak then; it's that they were being smart. They were like, "In this moment, I'm not able to be what I need to be, so I'm going to take a round off, and then I'm going to come back even stronger the next round." And when we can start to look at it in more that way, as I'm just recuperating, yeah, I'm just fixing myself to come back even stronger then we start to realise that actually the real, the real moment of strength is recognising when I'm struggling, doing what I need as a result, and then growing through that. And that's how we need to reframe stuff, really, I think, to, to make it more understandable for men. We also spoke earlier about the fact that in the um, current situation that we're in, the coronavirus situation, that can be triggering for people. Would you have any advice for anybody who is struggling a little bit at the moment, Josh? To be honest with you, what I would do in times like this is I would stay away from advice and I would say, do whatever you need to do and feel whatever you need to feel to get through it. There's going to be lots of advice of the really good ways to do things. Can you do this? Can you do that? And all of those are great and needed because look, I'm going for a run every morning. I'm making use of the fresh air when I can. I'm doing all of those things. And then on some days I'm doing none of them. So failure is coming and stress is coming and that's all fine too. But make sure that you can that you can do what you can, yeah? I'm somebody who has to get up and work out every morning. If I don't, I'm scratching for, for, for air emotionally by midday. So I have to do that every morning. But do whatever you can in order to get through and understand that everybody will do it differently. How about you, Ashley? What kind of measures will you be taking over the next few weeks to kind of protect your mental health? Because it's something we're all having to think about, isn't it? Yeah, I think... Um... I think everyone, no matter you know how strong you think you are, we're all going through it. This isn't this isn't the norm, and going through a new experience, whether it be good or bad, tests you. Um, and like Josh said, there, it's about you. What what do you want? What do you get out of life? Um, if you're feeling lonely or you're feeling you do want something, there is little or as much as you want right now because everyone is doing things, and you go online. And whatever it may be, you know, there's there's things for you. And I think that's the beautiful thing right now. And like Josh said, if you just want to have a quiet day and sit there and eat popcorn and watch rubbish TV, brilliant. That's amazing. Do it. If you want to sit there and listen to classical music and expand your mind, do it. Meditate, you know, doing a Zoom call or, you know, FaceTime or even a phone call. Sit there in your slacks, slobbing out with gravy all down your top and have a nice chat with your mate and enjoy it. I love it. And finally, just a bit of advice for um, people out there who um, are big fans of yours, Ashley, about talking and listening. If you give one bit of advice to anybody who's struggling out there, what would it be? I'd say the biggest bit of advice is don't put any pressure on any of it. You know, it is natural, do what comes, and basically just feel. 
you know it's all about love and it sounds cheesy but it's just about love you know if you, you know you've got it you've got friends you've got a family what would you do for them so just be human josh how about you any kind of final words yeah no i love what ashley said there about just feel and then he said it's it's all about like love and compassion for, for yourself yeah these are testing times we're going to go through a range of emotions that we might that may be a little bit alien to us and we may be in them for a little bit longer than we're used to and that's normal yeah it's completely normal to feel how you feel um and allow yourself to go through it and have compassion for when you mess up and do things yeah when you if you're living at home with family and you're all under each other's feet there's going to be little squabbles you're going to fall out you're going to see parts of your family that maybe you're not used to right and you're allowed to feel whatever you feel you're allowed to make mistakes and as long as you allow yourself to do that with compassion we will all grow and become stronger as a result of what we're experiencing well, Ashley and Josh, thank you so much for joining us and not filtering your feelings. I legit am going to send this podcast to like all of my male mates being like, listen, listen, listen to this because it's been absolutely awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, if you want more Don't Filter Feelings, then you can search the hashtag or check out Hollyoaks on your social feeds. And if you've been affected by anything you've heard on this podcast or seen on Hollyoaks, there's help and support over at channel4.com slash support. We really hope you've enjoyed this podcast. Please, 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 please leave us a rating and review the episode wherever it is that you listen.